Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most informational, educational, and entertaining podcast for auto detailers. Welcome to the community. Hi, welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. My name is Marshall Hill, and I'm your guide as we journey through the auto detailing industry. You can find me at Total Auto Solutions on most platforms. If you're on TikTok or the new Clubhouse, you can find me at Detail Supply App. If you need into Clubhouse, like a detailer sent me a message earlier, said, hey, I need an invite to Clubhouse. No problem. Shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. We've got some different groups in there that we love to hang out and chat. So hop on to Clubhouse and find me there. Uh, we have here on the Community Pub on the third edition of the Polishing Series thankful that Rupes is taking the time to come on to the community pub and uh and share a beer with us uh we are joined today by dylan and sarah dylan von kleiss can be reached on most platforms just simply his name dylan von kleiss and uh sarah is on uh platforms at dope underscore detailer underscore that's uh the dope detailer sarah uh Sarah, Dylan, thank you so much for your time. Dylan, please uh, tell us, first of all, what beer you're drinking, and uh, and then give us a little bit of background about who you are. So, bust into the cellar a little bit. Pulled out the, the Java Doll from, a, say, a 2018 from Oscar Blues, just down the road from the house here in, in Longmont. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's going to take a while to finish. It's a big one. It's like a 13% or so. Uh, yeah. The answers Those might get a little weird towards the end of this thing. That, that's the best way to do it. Uh, ben is definitely familiar with that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to get you all the way to that point so we can dive into some of those great questions. <laughs> Dylan, give us a little bit of background. You know, who are you? Where are you from? You know, what got you into the, the industry? So I started out, it's scary to even say this, I started out like 96, 97 in high school as a detailer. I had no other skills so I could clean cars and that was a way to make money. And uh, started my first uh, detailing business with a buddy back then, mobile. And, you know, over the years, worked through different iterations of that business. Came and went, went and got a real job, you know, and then figured out I wasn't cut out for a real job and go back to detailing again because I like doing that. Eventually got a chance to uh, jump over to the supplier side. And so I, I went to work for Adams Polishes years ago. Um, and uh, me and Adam Patali go back quite a ways, actually. And I uh, worked for him for probably nine years. I've bounced around the industry. We're going to like 22, 23, 24 years, something like that now. I've been I've been doing this. Um, so so what, what'd you do with Adams? Yeah, because I heard a little bit of a rumor about that, but I wasn't sure. I wanted to ask you, you know, what was some of that early earlies with, uh, with that company as it kind of began to explode and grow? It started out really as it was back when internet forums were still a thing, you know, pre-Facebook. And so I kind of took a part-time job with him. We had reconnected after years. We knew each other as detailers. We both had detailing businesses and he he started his brand and needed help. And so he offered me just kind of to come help. He had seen me written up in a few magazines. I used to do a lot of trucks for like street trucks and trucking magazine. I'd do these detailing write-ups and I'd do these, these show truck prep things. And um, he saw him, he reached out and he said, hey, I need somebody to help me run my, my internet forum stuff. It's, we're blowing up, but I don't have anybody there that can talk business with these people and like, you know, technical and answer questions. So it started as a part-time thing. And then a few months in, he's like, man, I need your help testing and developing. I need, I need you to come on full-time. And it turned from full-time into, they relocated here to Colorado. So I moved with the business and that's how I ended up here. So originally a SoCal kid. And uh, 
So over the years, it just evolved. I grew with the company. I started as just a guy running the internet forums. And uh, by the time I left, I was COO when I finally uh, stepped away from Adams. Um, so I was, you know, chief operating officer. So I, I grew with the business and uh, yeah, the rest is history. And so I've kind of been bouncing around the supplier side ever since. I've uh, been at Rupa's now for going on five years as the North, North American marketing manager. I play in the training room. I'm part of product development. I do a little bit of everything. So marketing's the the job title, but it's only it's only what's printed on the card, you know? You're a man, uh, I guess, like me, that wears many hats. And so uh, his head to. does, yeah, yeah. His, <laughs> hat, his, his head doesn't have all the other stuff that everybody else does because they just don't wear as many hats. That's why, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's Ben's problem. Ben just doesn't wear enough hats. Uh, oh, that's fun. Jason's hopping in. All right, Sarah, uh, introduce yourself for the uh, couple people in the community that, that don't remember, but I, most people that are in the community know who Sarah Coleman is. Uh, we've had a lot of fun times together. Still, one of the funnest was the, uh, the trip up to Denver when, uh, when you... Two, two years ago today, Doc. Oh, you was it that? really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Too. So happy, happy anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, yeah, that was a fun trip. So you guys were rolling <laughs> through town and uh, we had scheduled a little stopover, had some beers, ate some barbecue. And I said, hey, why don't I just hop in with you? And so I drove one of the cars and uh, had a great time. Drove up. I mean, it was a solid drive. We, geez, what we drive that night more. And then uh, the next morning jumped on more and uh, that was a super fun weekend, though. Me and Jen just hung out, went and found some places to drink some beer and enjoy other things in Colorado and uh, had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you guys had fun. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely for me, obviously, kind of, you know, it was a, a crazy point in my life just with all the changes, but having everyone along for, for that ride was, it was, it was super enjoyable and obviously very memorable right, so... for sure. Now you're with Rupes. So glad you're there. I think you found a great spot. I know everybody on the team is raving about all you're doing. So walk us through what your journey's been moving over to Rupes. Oh man. Uh, well, it's, it's certainly been a journey. Let's put it lightly. Um, back in uh, November, I was with Autowash, um, who is also located here in Denver, Colorado. I was with them for the past couple of years. Um, and November, I decided to go a, a different direction than they were going. And I was, you know, trying to kind of figure some things out personally. Um, you know, just what, what am I going to do next? What do I want to do next? Um, and so I kind of went on a, a, like a three month, four month long field trip, um, <laughs> to put it kind of lightly. Um, and I went down to Florida, drove my Jeep and my trailer down there and did some work with some, uh, with, uh, Mark Elliott down there at Firehouse Auto Spa. That was, that was pretty fun. And, um, just some, I mean, it kind of just happened with Rupes, honestly. Um, and, it, and now here I am, I, I got a call while I was in Florida asking if I would, you know, be willing for, um, for now a temporary, uh, position to, to see how things go. And I said, well, yeah, why, why not? Let's, let's see how, how this can go. And I'm obviously very much in love. Um, but I pretty much same thing that we did, Marty. I drove from Florida. I got here within like two and a half days. And within 12 hours of me getting to Denver, I had to be back at Rupes and I've just been 
it's, I, I don't think I haven't been at the office since I've been back from Florida. So it's just been nonstop. Well, I mean, it had to be a pretty, it's been a, a journey and had a blessing. to be a pretty amazing deal in order for you to leave chocolate thunder because, you know, I know that, I know that he's quite the man over there in Florida. Yeah. So I know, right. And you and I, I yes. know there's that special heart, the special place in your heart for the chocolate thunder. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but when Rupes <laughs> calls, you got to answer. No yes. doubt. No. Yeah. Dude, no doubt. Yeah. Dropped everything <laughs> for sure. All right. So Dylan, yeah. uh, what, what do you think? I mean, I put out earlier, I, I think the dual, I mean, when we've talked about this with different people in the industry, I think I've even asked it to Jason, you know, some of the biggest technology advances in our industry over, you know, our lifetime, so to speak, right? You know, I'm, you're a little bit longer in the industry than me. I'm, I'm 19 plus. Um, and I would say, I mean, it's always been my answer, right? Dual action to me was just an amazing advance for the industry. Or is that sort of where you're going to go? Or what do you think that, you know, the best advances has been? It's, it's funny because you, you think like, Detailing as a whole is not that old of a business. I mean, like compared to other businesses, detailing's a baby. You know, it, it's only been around for a minute. It's not, this is not a long standing industry like some trades are. And so when something comes along that changes things, it's, it's, it's pretty significant. And I can point to a few things that I remember have happened in my 20 plus years. I can remember microfiber coming in. I actually know the guy who imported the first microfibers into LA. Like, and no, like, what the hell is this stuff? We were using cotton baby diapers at the time. That was like the jam. You had to go get your cotton baby diapers. That was, you wiped everything with those. Mm -hmm. And then this guy's going like, oh no, I got these towels, man. They're made of microfiber. Nobody understood what they were. Yeah. And now I look back at that. I go, man, that's, that was a, that was a moment. Right. Then I kind of look at, you got to tip your hat to the McGuire's guys. And it's another microfiber thing, but microfiber you being used as a polishing disc, I think is another thing, right? That's a big one. And I, the, the orbital polishers at the time were only eight mil, right? Your port cables were eight millimeter offset. So it wasn't that powerful, but the microfiber made it seem more powerful. So I look at that one, that's like another big one. And then I look at like 2011, 2012, when Bigfoot came in and that's like, I mean, it blew the roof off things, right? Cause it's, if you're good with it, you can do almost everything you could have done with a rotary, almost, not everything, but almost. And you can do it with a pretty short learning curve. So that's why I think we see this explosion of so many new detailers and the, the, you know, the unfortunate size, everybody swears they're the, the best, right. Or the, the, they're the best detailers ever lived, but they couldn't, they've never picked up a rotary. They only know that short window, right. They've never had to struggle with only one option, but it's, it's definitely changed how we do things. It's changed how professionals who are really proficient with paint correction do things. It's changed how the beginners do things. It changes how fast people get into the paint correction game. I mean, it's changed everything really. And it, I, you know, I've only been with Rupus for five years. I can remember that moment when it came around and, and not being able to wrap my head around what was happening when somebody said large orbit and then it hit. And I was like, holy crap, this is, this is amazing. So, and it's kind of cool. I get to work for the company now. Hey, <laughs> well, there's no doubt. I mean, no doubt it's safer versus a rotary, right? Uh, safer on the paint. Did you ever think that it would be safer for your face? <laughs> well it, it's you know the 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 quarantine's gone well for me and yeah. some people i'm at sea captain level a few more inches i become a wizard um but yeah you know, there's the safety aspect of it i haven't wrapped my uh, beard up in a uh, in a rotary yet either but you it, know the risk I, is always there it's funny you mentioned that ariel she doesn't have a beard <laughs> but but she tried to wrap her face around one <laughs> 
Ariel, yeah. you got to tell us a story. Back when I had dreadlocks. Okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, well, on Sunday, um, so in my defense, I'm, I'm just used to my, like, little Rupes that can do everything, right, at high speeds. And so I'm working on boats now, and I learned on rotary, but it's still, it's still foreign to me. So the shop owner gives me the rotary they use and everything's going great, going fine. Except um, I get to the top where the knuckles are and all the, you know, the metal clamps and all that. And I'm just going too fast and I catch an edge and it just, yeah, big Nikita just, yeah, just got me guys. So I had like five stitches and then my eyes, like a little black eye. And then, um, this is, I think like a heat, I think this was the pad, the wool pad, because it's like a heat burn kind of. So yeah. <laughs> Good times. I really like my Rupes. <laughs> I wish I really We got to get you a Rupes rotary. It's lighter. So when it hits you in the face, it doesn't hurt as much. Yeah. This is a big old Makita. So. <laughs> it's going to be part of our new marketing strategy for the LH19E rotary polisher now. Won't kill you if it hits you in the face. <laughs> There yeah. You go. There you go. <laughs> good, good times. <laughs> oh, I Ariel, thanks. A lot of thanks for hopping on and telling the story. Uh, <laughs> she sent me that photo early in the week. And I was like, oh gosh, you got to tell us what it was. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Uh, you know, I, I, I've done a little bit of minor damage with the rotary, but for the most part, you know, I've tried to stay the safest I possibly can. Um, with no doubt, uh, Todd, man. Thanks for hopping on. Good to see you. Uh, there's no doubt that I would say as, as like you said, about five years ago, as things started really starting to really blossom in the industry, dual actions really began to set a premise in a sense for the industry, I think. Um, and I would say Rupes began to be one of those front run brands that really pushed a certain style of detailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think even when uh, I've talked to Jason, Jason talks about, you know, the process that Rupes puts out and that mm-hmm. Rupes from a company actually has a lot of, you know, more of how to do detailing. Do you want, can you speak on that from the brand aspect? You know, why you guys teach that way? Well, the, the first thing we always, we have to remind people too, we're, we're system-based, right? Now, obviously people break the system. They're going to use whatever compounds and pads they choose to use, but from a base, the tools are designed to work with our pads and our compounds. That's kind of the, the approach we take is that, you can't, you know, polisher doesn't work without pads and compounds. So to design a tool and not design those components to go with it is kind of designing in a vacuum. So we always design that it's a complete system. I'm not saying that people don't break that system and do their own thing, but you can't. Um, but we take that approach kind of with everything. It's we can't just sell you a tool and not tell you how to use it. And so that's why we take the approach of why we have the Bigfoot Academy where we hope to get back to training soon. Um, it's why we do the educational videos. It's why we go have guys out in the field training people. It's why we expect our distributors to be able to train and communicate this. I mean, we can't sell you and just go, yeah, figure it out guys. Good. Best of luck. Hope it works for you. I mean, that's, that's the, the idea. And we, we actually have that mantra and like our company mission says, like ed- educate to differentiate. If we teach you how to use it, you're going to have success with it. If we just hand it to you and walk away, then Maybe you figure it out, maybe you don't, right? And ultimately, if somebody has success with the product, it's good for us commercially, but then you feel good about the brand as somebody goes, oh yeah, it actually worked like the guy said it would. So it's it all goes hand in hand. You have to teach people how to use stuff. I see too many brands out there that are happy to sell the product, but not 
spend the time. You know, they'll take the money on the sale, but they don't want to do the post-sale stuff, which is answering the questions, providing the support, helping the troubleshooting. I mean, I, most people would agree. I mean, Todd's on here, Jason, myself, Sarah's available. Most everybody on our team is very easy to get to. So if you are stuck in the middle of a job and you just can't figure it out, I can count hundreds, if not thousands of instances where our team will pick up the phone and spend time with a guy on the phone, helping him figure out how to fix or what the issue is that he's having. Hey, I can't get this. I can't get this result. How do I do it? I've listened to Jason talk to guys for hours, trying to help them troubleshoot one little thing. And it's, it's that little thing that we do that really, I think, sets us apart is that we're, the company gives us the leeway to do that. Once uh, you hear Jason talk to somebody for hours, though, it's definitely an experience you can forego for the rest of your existence. Um, and you never call again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's part of the strategy. Um, if, if, if you don't mind, I can add a little bit to what Dylan said, probably not as eloquently, but Rupus. Um, Todd, real quick, introduce yourself. People oh, won't know. Yeah. Sure. I'm the Todd, and I'm, I'm here. Um, <laughs> Okay. My, my funny joke aside, my name is Todd Helm. I am formerly a professional detailer. Um, interestingly enough, uh, I work for Rupus. Uh, I, I think I've been with Rupus since 2013 or 14. And previously I worked for Palm Beach Motoring Group, which is the parent company of AutoGeek. And then previous to that, I worked for Classic Motoring Accessories, which you have to dig really old school because they were the very first online uh, detail retailer and uh, the first importer of Menzerna. And when I worked for them, they were actually owned by Lake Country. So one thing is everybody that's on, and it, it's an interesting conversation I won't segue too much into, but it's a small world and we all kind of know each other. And, and, and I actually knew Dylan um, and Jason, of course, both with uh, Rupus now, prior um jason had helped me uh, a long time ago understanding random orbital polishing and i was on his little beta team that developed the mcguire's microfiber he, they developed it we just tested the microfiber pads from mcguire's and then dylan and i ran parallel and actually had very similar jobs uh for two opposing companies. In fact, I used to bug his company, Adams, to let us carry their products. And, um, but it was funny because I, I hope I'm allowed to say this, Dylan, but him and I used to team up against one of his colleagues and, yeah. and, uh, and slam them all over the internet. And that's, I think, uh, how we got along and I working together behind the scenes. Yeah, I apologize for joining late too. I was putting my daughter to sleep and I kind of joined in when Dylan was talking about hearing about the long throw polisher. And I remember visiting visiting you at Adams and going over some of the pad options way back before you worked for Rupus. Um, so it's a it's a very small world. Uh, if I can just, you know, kind of finish what Dylan said. And like I said, I apologize for letting it long, go long winded. But as far as being a solutions manufacturer, Rupus's DNA is in the in, in the body shop since 1947 in Europe. And the body shop market is different than the, the, the detail market because they want a, a solution in a box, right? That's that's what they, they want, want yeah they don't go home and get on podcasts they're like plumbers plumbers <laughs> don't hang out and talk about good cement there's not a you pints know. and paint podcast right now i can promise you it doesn't exist as a matter of fact you might want to start it you can do it on uh do it on fridays there'll be about three people and um <laughs> ever yeah ever and and so that's part of it and then the other interesting thing to me 
and, and Dylan touched on it perfectly is okay so for example the the makita or milwaukee whatever it was or dewalt that smashed up that young lady's face um sorry to hear about that by the way but that's um they make great tools all those tool manufacturers make great tools but that's what they make as tools um i won't pick on too many other companies but a lot of companies make good tools so does rupas but because our DNA is in the body shop, right? That's where we started. And everybody, and what's interesting about that, we're not making floor scrubbers. We're not really making drills. We don't do that. We just do car stuff and, and applicable things. So we're all passionate about that. Um, Jason comes from a detailing background. Dylan is a detailer. Uh, most of the people on our staff come from that, that passionate background. So, uh, but, but that's all I really wanted to add to that. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you hopping on. It's good That's to see how you. I said hello. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Good, good <laughs> to see you. That's all I got, man. No, no. Thanks. So, Dylan, the uh, the products you got behind you, walk us through that real quick. And then I want to jump over and uh, I want to open up for some questions and then dive into a couple other things about, you know, your guys' overall process and what you guys do. <clears throat> but walk us through what you got behind you. So this is the DA stuff. This is our DA system. So we relaunched all of our compounds for dual action systems. Uh, it was August of last year. So it's not even a year into this system yet. It was a multi-year development process with, you know, kind of Jason at the helm with all of his product development experience. Todd has tons of product development experience. I have product development experience. Our team in, in Italy has product development experience. And these are blended, these are formulated blended everything in-house. This is not private label from somebody else. We actually mix this stuff ourselves. And so these compounds represent kind of the, the culmination of multiple years of development. There's pads that go with them, but they're all optimized for orbital polishing systems. So we're still real high on them. The, re the reviews, the early returns, everybody seems to be very happy with them. Everybody that's tried them is extremely happy. We're happy with them. Um, so that's kind of why I threw them up because I'm, I'm, I'm proud of these. These are, these are kick-ass compounds. We were just playing with them today and Sarah was buffing on a boat in the academy, and uh, and she even said, "So that yellow wool and that DA fine, man, that's just magic. That is the stuff that she's never seen." And they go, "That's that's what we want to hear." All right, so you've got a—is it a coarse and a fine? Is that what it is? Yep. In our line, regardless of what you're in, blue is always the coarse end. Yellow is kind of the fine to medium, and then white's always our ultra fine. So we we make it that way so that regardless if you're in the rotary system, the DA system. You're on wool pads, you're on foam pads, it doesn't matter. It's easy to understand. If you're working in the Rupes world, if it's blue, it's coarse, if it's yellow, it's in the middle. And if it's white, it's on that ultra, ultra fine finishing side. Okay, cool. Um, all right, last question for me for a little bit and I'll open it up. And because it's this kind of one of the big questions for me that I always I've been up to the Rupes facility, led some trainings up there, you know, co-did co -did it with Jason. Was my first time to kind of sit and learn from him and Listen, you're right. I mean, one of the best guys that, and I've said that over and over. I mean, you, you don't really get any better knowledge and teaching from anybody else in the industry over, I mean, everything from the way things rotate to certain speeds you got to do. I mean, just everything is so technical and, and almost in a sense, like you said, by the book, right? Like mm -hmm. you guys almost have this how-to that you teach as a company. Now, you also said though that, you know, we're not plumbers. We're not... We're not body shop, right? So we say all the time that, you know, detailers are artists mm -hmm. and we can grab, you know, any pad, any product, anything and create our own style of, you know, artwork. Mm -hmm. 
but that doesn't really fit like what you said to your, the way you guys teach, but you also understand that people do that. So where does that friction, you know, kind of meet with you guys and how do you, how do you intertangle, you know, having a philosophy or, you know, a, a you know, kind of a, a how to, but then understanding that, you know, the, the truest quote unquote of detailers are really kind of expressionists and they just choose whatever they want. It's, it's interesting because yeah, there, there is that. I mean, there could be a long debate on is, is paint correction art or is it process, right? Are you, are you an artisan or are you not an artisan, right? And it, there's, I think there's a mix of it. And it's, I, we, we run through this, if anybody's been to our training, they've seen our, what we call the PSA. It's like, the, it's very funny. Todd's in it and I'm in it. I love it. I've, I've, it's one of my favorite videos we've ever done, but it's only available if you come to our training. But the punchline of it is, is that we train on a system because that is an easy, it's a box to exist in. And if you understand the variables, it doesn't matter what products you plug in. So we'll even say the best products, the best polishers, best compounds, best pads in the world doesn't matter if you don't know how to use stuff. If you can't adjust for the variables, it doesn't matter. But if I throw Jason Rose onto a desert island and I give him a basket with just the worst de detailing products you can imagine, like some 1980s turtle wax rubbing compound, a generic pad from Harbor Freight, and a janky tool, he will still figure out a way to push a result out of those products because he understands the variables of paint correction. He can adjust to make those work, right? The opposite's true, right? If you give a guy with no skills the best product in the world, it doesn't mean he's going to turn out the best results. So it's a combination of things, but the end, the products just make the process easier or faster. We teach that default process so that people start to wrap their heads around, that's the process, but then the variables are all the things you adjust for, paint hardness, environment, your personal technique. You know, you, I always tell people, don't polish angry. I've, some of the worst polishing I've ever done is when I get frustrated about something. I, I start getting really shitty, you know, I, like my, my work gets off the rails and I don't polish angry. It's the worst thing you can do. So there's all these things. And so really more that we teach than anything is the process is understanding what the variables are, including yourself and understanding how to adjust those to get a result, regardless of what products you punch in. Every single class we start with the same statement is we don't sell there. You cannot buy, if you come to Arupa's training, I don't care if you show up with a suitcase full of money, you cannot buy a single thing from us in that facility. We will but not I'll sell, sell you something in the parking lot. Rob Todd will say something about the parking lot. I, I have his car, absolutely no problem with that. But we won't. And so it removes, we're not trying to sell Rupa's products to you when you come to Rupa's training. We're trying to make you a better technician. That's it. What you walk away and choose to use is entirely your choice. You could go away and use nothing but other people's stuff. But you will leave understanding the variables of paint correction and you'll be able to apply those to whatever the heck you decide to use. We hope you use our stuff. We think that if we teach you a better way, you'll want to use our stuff. But it's not, it's not like 90% of the trainings you see out there where it's basically a timeshare pitch for, for car care products, right? It's a turnkey business. Oh, yeah, for, for $6,000, you get training and this package of detailing products and a trailer. And it's, a territory. Yeah, exactly. We're not doing that. We don't care. We're, we, are, we are purely technical training with all of the product crap removed. We use our stuff, but you could take what we teach you and go out into the world and use anybody else's. And I promise you would still get better results with their crap than you would with our really good stuff. That is, uh, if I may say so, my old friend, an exceptional answer. Um, I wish I had a beer. I would toast you for it. And I don't say that just because I need you to approve some projects for me tomorrow. Um, which may or may not be true. 
if I can again, because I just feel like talking because I don't have my daughter in front of me for the first time in 10 hours today and I, I feel a little bit of freedom. Um, the uh, When I first started, when Dylan first started, and I don't know everybody on here, we had a rotary, maybe a porter cable. And I think paint polishing absolutely was an art form. And there were no rules. And the level of the education you got was for lack of a better term, old school, right? It was somebody who told you how to do it and then you played with it and developed your own technique. One of the, the, the big advances as far as uh, random orbital technology and, and Rupus having a team of detailers is we all understand the art behind it, but the reality is polishing paint is making paint smooth. That's it. And once we understand that the smoother we make it, the more reflective it becomes. And there's nothing more to it. We all have a hundred different ways to get there. But technology has really allowed us to create systems where almost anybody can achieve that. And I can tell you, and, and I don't mean to say this um, with a lot of, you know, or maybe I should express this with more hubris, but I haven't had any artists and come to any class we've taught and say, Hey, I haven't gotten better or I haven't learned something. And part of being a artistic craftsman is having all the education and the tools in the tool shed. So being open to learning new techniques, right? Yeah. It, Bob Ross we all learn happy little trees because he didn't listen to other artists. Right. He, he, you gotta, you gotta, you take what you can from everybody. Right. You can get, you can absorb a little bit, but it's the percentage of that training you decide to take is up to you. You can take all of it, some of it, but you learning a new way to do something to Todd's point, there's a, there's a bunch of different ways to get to the end result. Doesn't make them all right. Doesn't make them all wrong. That just means there's different ways to do the same thing. Right. Wow. Oh, I think it, go I ahead. Think I'm sorry. No, no, it's cool. I, I'm, I thank you guys for taking the time to answer that. I know it's kind of a, an odd question, but it definitely question. just seems to be, uh, you know, a, a thing, right? Like, and it's cool that you guys, I really, I mean, and I say that in all endearment, being up there at the facility, working with Jason, seeing the process, whether or not, you know, like you said, whether or not somebody wants to go and do the exact everything and use it all, but at least you have an A to B system, right? You know, and I think Jason even said with some of the stuff that you you guys had come out with uh, recently was because you guys could just see that not necessarily like a, a whole, but like now you have a complete overall everything from here all the way so that if somebody does want to follow, right, they can just get every single thing they need from, you know, whether it's your distributor or you, you know, however you guys do that. And that, you know, if somebody does want to stay in the exact brand, at least that brand has everything for them, which is very unique, you know, in the industry and separates you guys apart. I want to jump around to the pub. Uh, I am drinking uh, the Pat Patito from, uh, I got it uh, from up there in Denver from Crooked Stave. Nice call. Yeah, so our, our good friends uh, sent it to us from uh, – Speakeasy Distribution, and uh, they rep uh, Crooked Stave, and uh, it's a good solid uh, stout. Uh, if you like stouts, you know, I, Dylan, I think you do. Have you had? I like, it, no? I like them all. I'm not. Yeah, I'm uh, Crooked Stave is that is that a brewery that you you regularly drink? Crooked Stave is solid. They always have. They are known for doing some pretty off the wall stuff. Um, they they they're they're good. They do they, all their stuff is interesting. I'll put it that way. There's never a, a boring beer in that lineup. So yeah, I mean they mixed uh, inside this is cinnamon and cayenne, 
inside with Coco. So, you know, it, it's, Chocolate it's definitely, beer. yeah, they, they don't just do a regular one. I, I get that. All yeah. right, let's go around and see what everybody's drinking. Daniel, uh, good to see you, man. What are you sipping on? Oh yeah. Everybody, you're going to have to unmute when I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. go. Okay. Drinking a Guinness extra stout. That's a it's just my go-to after a long day of working, you know. It just hits the spot. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're a stout guy, definitely. That's just what you. If that's just what the, you normally. Just yeah. the Guinness guy, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Adam, what about you? I might, uh, I might upset a few people because I'm on the, the side of. Uh, it's uh, Henry Weston. It's a local one to us. I was drinking local. Yeah, <laughs> I put it out there again. I didn't quite see. Say it again. What? What was it? Henry Weston. Ooh. All right, and that's local to where? Well, Dabish area. Dabish? Where, where are you from, man? Uh, England. Sorry. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Nice. Uh, so it, is that what? What type of beer? What is it? It's a cloudy cider. Oh, it's a cider. Okay. What makes it cloudy? Do you know? Clouds? I'm not too <laughs> sure. <laughs> hey, you know? It it real clouds, clouds, actually. Yeah. None of that artificial cloud crap. Yeah, like none of that. <laughs> Colin, what about you, man? What are you drinking tonight? Well, honestly, I'm not drinking anything. I didn't have any, I didn't have a chance to stop it, get anything on the way home, so... Wow. I guess I'm the lame one. No, no, it's all good. Not everybody drinks. Uh, Sarah's driving, so I'm glad she's not drinking it yeah. right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben uh, most likely is drinking, though. It looks like the RV is parked. Uh, he is not driving, and he's not getting thrown around. So uh. I'm using it like an adult. It is a white label. They don't even bother with that. It's a mile up the road. Is hey, leave it, leave it, leave it. Live oak. It is a smoked corn lager. It's sweet. It's smoking. It's weird, but it's good. It tastes like drinking barbecue. Good. All right. So where are you at now? We are uh, we are in Austin, in Austin, Texas, and we're staying for a little yeah, while. Yeah, we're staying for a while, we're setting up shop, and seeing how it goes. I'm, am I? You're I'm there. The hey guys. Hi. Hi. Aaron. Aaron, any cool photos lately? I'm also here. Hello. They all exist. We do. Yeah, more walls. So my happy family. Ah. Wait, hold on. We got a live Jason and a fake Jason. Everybody see that? That's crazy. Oh. Okay. That's good. All right. Uh, Cody, what about you? I think that's Jason. I got him. Uh, of course, it's Jason. It's always Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was me for a second. <laughs> Technical difficulties uh, is definitely Jason. Cody, what about you? What are you drinking? Oh, 
That's me. Uh, purified drinking water tonight. Uh, oh, nice. Not much of a weekday drinker, but if we were doing this on a Saturday night, I'd be having some beers with you guys. Hey, that's cool, man. I like it. I like it. Glad that you got your uh, priorities. Mike, how's it going, man? Thanks for hopping on. Are you sipping anything tonight? I got a just a cheap Coors Light. Oh, yeah. That's that's the wife's favorite, so I like kind of shared those with her. Typically, I'm either doing a gin and tonic or a single malt scotch. So, <laughs> what's your go-to gin? Um, I like Bombay Sapphire. Mm. Brother-in-law has been trying to talk me into buying some Hendrix, which I hear is really really good. So I made. Give that a whirl next time I'm at the liquor store. Well, thanks for the suggestion. I haven't really ever got into gin. It's never been, I don't know why. It's just never been one that I ever got into. Yeah, gin and tonics are good. I, I On a good night, I prefer doing some single malt scotch. Uh, my, my old boss, when I was with PB Warehouse, um, he turned me on to single malts and it's kind of an acquired taste, so it took a little bit to, to get used to that. But once you do, man, they're good. And as, as Dylan can attest, you know, any good whiskey is a good whiskey. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, and there in Denver, where they're at, one of my favorite places to get whiskey is High Spirits. Yes. Uh, you can get some good craft uh, whiskey there. Definitely a, a lively crowd normally. And uh, fun times usually at mm -hmm. High Spirits. And uh, definitely have left there stumbling multiple times. Yeah, good spot. Good spot. Alex, uh, what about you, man? What are you sipping on? Hey, I actually just finished, uh, but I just had some cold brew with a little Bailey's in it. Cold brew with Bailey's? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. unique. Yeah. Nice. Do you normally uh, normally a coffee and Bailey's? Is that... Is that a thing? Yeah, no, I, I I had it and I was like I was just gonna have the the cold brew, but I figured you guys are drinking, so and it's it's actually really good. Yeah, I I've done coffee at Bailey's. I haven't yeah. done cold. Yeah, I haven't ever done it cold though. Yeah, so, yeah, I've had coffee at Bailey's. It's my first time with the cold brew, but it's really sweet and smooth, so I'm yeah. I'm not complaining. You know what the, it, goes, it goes down way too easy though. I'm, this is actually my second <laughs> Yeah, was it like a white Russian or what's those different ones that are like? Yeah, white, white Russian has babies. White, yeah. white Russian, yeah. yeah, easy. Yeah, those can get those can get dangerous. Yeah. Very. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm fighting the urge to pour a third right now. <laughs> uh, hey, Ariel, uh, are you nursing your face with any cold beverages, or are you uh, laying off? <laughs> Uh, just tea again. Yeah, just yeah. tea again. And a cold compress. Yeah, and a cold compress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good times. <laughs> Brandon, what about you? You drink anything tonight? Yeah, I'm drinking Guinness. Oh, another Guinness. All right. Two for Guinness on the pub tonight. What do you, is that, uh, is that a normal go-to for you? I don't think it is, is it? Yeah, I, um, I I do. I love my stouts, but Guinness is always my favorite. I've just had some IPAs on here the last couple of times I was on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I didn't remember a Guinness. All right. Well, good. I'm glad you hopped on again. Derek, good to see you, man. Uh, so, I think I saw a cloudy IPA there. Yeah, it's it's from the local uh, Cape May Brewing Company. It's uh, their New England um, Seacrest IPA. 
and it has like a, what's it called a lime coconut and orange shirt uh, sherbet um like hints and it. it's pretty good it's pretty not bad wow lime coconut sherbet yeah like I, I was i've never seen it before apparently it's like they just came out with it but at some point uh four percent it's pretty good i might send you something you might like it yeah Oh, that sounds great. Good. I, good. I think good. it sounds so good. Jason might even get out to drinking on that. I think that's possible. <laughs> possible. No, no. You send it to Jason and he'll give it to me. Not, oh, okay, there we go. You don't want to waste it. So. Nick, good to see you, man. Uh, you're not in the kitchen though. You're on the back patio. We're not cooking I'm tonight. On the patio. Uh, Mom is actually making some tamales. So we're waiting on that. Some tamales and shrimp. In the meantime, Sam Adams, Beach Session IPA. Mm. It's almost summer. Why not pretend it's summer? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. It's almost 80 today. Yeah, yeah we've had good right? weather here in Oklahoma. Same here. Yeah. Been like 79, 77 the past few days. Beautiful blue skies. I can't complain. No. A great time for our AC to go out. So I can't complain. Oh. Yeah, it is time to open up the windows and let everything breathe. Yeah. 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 Brandon, are you still in Florida or where are you? Yeah, we're still in uh we're still in Florida right now. I'm at the gas station pumping some gas. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best way to be on the pump right there, pumping gas. (laughs) That's Uh, three dollar gallon gas down here. Cool. So uh, just another vacation or what? What are you guys doing? Yeah, we actually had this trip planned last year, but then uh, COVID hit, so we had to make it this year because they wouldn't give us our money back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hawaii and Florida back-to-back, might as well. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Living a big, big, big life. Big life. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. It, I mean, not too often do many people get to take those opportunities, so it's – I mean, take them, breathe them in, and enjoy every moment. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, especially paying all that $3 gas, right? That's right. I think everything's <laughs> going to keep going up. I know gas keeps going up here. A lot of other stuff keeps going up. There's rumors of inflation. There's all kinds of discussions. Uh, well, let's open it up. I'd like to talk to uh, Alex, I think, uh, and a couple of people that use Rupes and any other questions that you guys would like to ask. So, uh, Alex, you usually have some good questions and things that you go with. Uh, anything that's on your mind that you'd like to pop out and ask? Uh, honestly, no. I've, I've been um, – I, I use the, the 15 Mark III, and I, I just picked up the hybrid recently, actually. Um, I love them both. Um I'm thinking about picking up the rotary. I've been working with the DeWalt. I really don't have any complaints about the DeWalt, but um, I, I've, I've been really happy with the Rupes products and also a Millie too. Um, like I said, I do I do boats and along with the rotary, the Millie can be a good companion. Um, so I, how is the durability with, with the Millie? Like as, as far as I'm, I'm mobile, I do a lot of boats. It gets thrown in the toolbox. Um, will it hold up to that? Anything else? It's just the it's the how you handle it thing. So don't throw it, you know. <laughs> but you know, if you take care of it, it'll take care of you. And then we've obviously got your back. The the whole repair program for those that aren't aware, we got a whole staff of people that are just dedicated to servicing tools, preventative and you know non preventative. Something breaks, so 
you go to rupususa.com slash repairs and you send it in and we fix it. The guys turn around really fast. And these are guys that work on the assembly line as well. So it's like oh, guys who builds these tools is going to fix your tools. And that's so it's unique about us. We, we, we like that our tools actually will stand up. We, you know, they, they, if you take care of them, they'll take care of you. But when something goes wrong, you're not left wondering like, oh crap, what do I do now? We're, we're here where you can get a hold of us and we will make sure that it gets back to you and working how it should if it ever goes down on you. So, Excellent. What's the turnaround time typically? Well, a little behind now just because COVID has kind of screwed everything up. And, you know, anytime there's, you know, scare of, you know, infection like that, we've had to shut down. So we were still kind of catching up. But in general, it's warranty less than a week. Oh, uh, wow. The shipping usually. And if it's non-warranty, I mean, at worst two weeks. And I mean, that again, that includes the transit time. And we pay the shipping both ways too. So it's it's not bad compared to yeah. i've heard horror stories of people who have to you know send them into third party you know because the manufacturer doesn't have their own repair team you got to send it to some other company and it's seven eight nine ten weeks if there is any repair at all so um when we get back to a little bit more normal it'll be a heck of a lot faster than that even when we were at the peak pre-pandemic the guys in the repair team were turning tools around in a day two days tops so oh, that's amazing awesome so, Jason, I want to ask real quick, is some of that, has that been part of why, you know, Rupes bought Cyclo? As I was selling a lot of Cyclos and I would send them up there, there was a really good repair team up there and Cyclo just did a great job of servicing. Is that any part of why Rupes, you know, purchased Cyclo? Well, not primarily. Um, can you hear me okay? My, my Okay. Yep. Not primarily because Cyclo was purchased primarily for a centralized location in the United States. So you got to imagine Guido, the owner in Italy, he's, he's looking, where do I put my, my American entity of my company? And, you know, right in the middle of the country was, was Cyclo. It was also purchased for the manufacturing expertise. There was a lot of decades of, uh, you know, manufacturing expertise in the Cyclo company. Um, and Cyclo did a good job with repair, but I think people like Dylan and, um, other people in the company really upped our game on the service side of, of uh, warranty response and repair response. Uh, so I think our major developments and improvements came after we purchased Cyclo, not, not part of Cyclo. But, uh, it really, you know, kudos to Dylan and, and everything he's developed. Uh, the, the repair, I think our repair program is, is best in class. But, but best in this industry, I think there, I mean, and I obviously am biased, but I don't see anybody else doing what we're doing. It comes from an understanding that, I mean, anybody on this podcast right now, anybody who will watch it later, if you're a professional, we, we, Jason, Todd, myself, a lot of people in the company come from a detailing background. We know what it's like to have to be down a tool, right? Yeah. That's not a good position to be in. So if you're going to spend the money with us and we realize that we're not, it's not cheap to buy a Bigfoot polisher. I'm not making that debate. There are cheaper options out there. The difference is, is you've got a company that's standing behind it here in the U.S. that is going to make it right as fast as we physically possibly can and leave all the questions out of it. Because I challenge anybody, if you own a different tool right now, if it breaks, what do you do? Who do you call? What do you contact? And we make it so simple. We've had, we have literally a website page that says, here, fill this out and we're going to make it right. We're going to fix it. And it's, it's important because if I were, if I were a customer, that's what I would want. Absolutely. And it's funny you bring that up. A lot of people's argument with going with a cheaper product that they can buy off the shelf 
is, oh, well, if it does break, I can just go to the store and buy another one. Yeah. Well, if, if I'm working with my Rupes and it breaks, I'll go to the store and I'll buy that same cheap one to get through the job until the Rupes comes back. So that's, that's not an advantage to use a cheaper product. Yeah. But so how do you handle, because it's interesting that Alex mentioned that. I'd love to know that question, you know, the answer to the question. How, how is you guys as a company, what's your response to, well, there's less priced tools out there that are virtually the same? It's hard your to say. Arms, your arms won't feel the same. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's, there, there's the same and then there's the same, right? And so it's not like we're not, we're not, root business companies not out to rip people off for the amount of money we do because we pick out, we can charge that much because we want to. Having a repair team, having guys like Jason and Todd there to train you, having somebody who picks up the phone, all these things cost, that's part of our overhead. So that gets rolled into the cost of the product. But then there is a physical company that's there. It's here in the US for US customers. It's over our Italian headquarters is there for the global community that's there to support it. We're not going to go away. We're not going to disappear. You get that support as a Rupes customer. That's just, that comes rolled into the package, whether or not you see the value in that is the debate. Right. But it's funny. I anecdotally, I, I, I could share this email chain with you. It was hilarious, but I'll summarize. And a guy reach out and he said that he had purchased a tool from another brand and he didn't realize the size of the backing plate was not the size that he needed. He needed a smaller backing plate. And he tried calling them multiple times and they never got back to him. And so he reached out to us and I get him on the phone and he goes, yeah, I would have bought your tool, but you know, I just need a backing plate for this one because your guys' tool was too expensive. And I said, well, I don't know if our backing plate is going to fit. It's probably a copy of ours. So it might fit. I don't know though, but I can't really tell you if it will or not. But I said, does it feel like it was worth it to spend the money for the Rupas now? Because I didn't even sell you the tool and I'm picking up the phone and I'm answering questions for you. The company that you gave $200 to can't even pick up the phone to answer a question about a backing plate. And I'm over the phone with a guy and I literally could hear the light bulb go. And he goes, oh, crap. And I go, that's why. And he goes, oh, I get it. I get it now. I get it. And he goes, my next one's going to be one of your guys is then I'm going to return this. That's it, right? That's it's, I, I, this, it's my own stupid little saying that I use with everybody, but price is what you pay, but value is what you get. Right. All right. Say that again, because that's pretty cool. Price is what you pay, but value is what you get. You can pay two hundred bucks for a polisher, but there's no value in it. So it's worth two hundred bucks because that's what you pay. That's it. You're getting nothing extra for that two hundred dollars. With us, you're going to spend three, four hundred bucks, but you're going to get the polisher plus you're going to get a team of people behind it that's there to help you out if you need it. And if that's me. I'm paying the extra money. I want I want somebody to have my back. I don't want to wonder if this thing goes sideways, is anybody going to pick up the phone? And if it's something as simple as picking up the phone call, we're happy to do that. That's I mean, that's really the crux of this whole thing is we're a real company with real people behind it. All right. If so I can jump on but Okay, I'll get, yeah. Uh, I told uh, Jason this when we were there at Rupes and did the training. I said, Jason had some really great quotes. I was like, Jason, I... I'm going to give you credit for that one for one time. And then I'm just going to go ahead and borrow it as my own. I'm going to, I'm going to give you credit one time for that one, Dylan, but I'm a value guy myself. So <laughs> I, I'm going to then steal that. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you right now. I, I'm a huge value guy. So I really like that saying. Every time I talk to detailers that you guys are selling the same thing, right? There's a dude who does detailing for 50 bucks. 
but you do you do detailing and you cost way more. You should be talking to your customers in that exact same way. Price is what you pay, value is what you get. I deliver value, that guy sells on price. Who are you gonna go with? Some customers care about price more than value, let them go. But you as a detailer should be a value guy, not a, not a price guy. I love it, I love it. Derek, uh, I think you had a question. Oh, uh, it's just more of a comment, Don. You got to get a t-shirt with that on the back. <laughs> just like a Rupes front, your normal t-shirt, but that, that saying on the back, I feel like that'd be... You, it people would get buy a lot of pretty... those damn Dixon flannels. <laughs> um, so we oh. would all appreciate it. Especially yeah, that... Dixon flannels. Is he riding Harley? Dix... <laughs> but uh, the only only other comment I was going to say is that I, I personally don't have a Rupes, but I've both of the new compounds and uh at first and i think i told marty i didn't i didn't like them at first but they have saved my ass at least a, a handful of times now where i've i've tried this i've tried that and then i was just like you know i grabbed the course and i was doing a couple last couple bmws and it was it was the only thing that worked and it was like i was like god damn rupes like <laughs> damn like and like i ended up picking up the da fine the other day and i yeah, and I'm like, damn, Rufus. Like I said, the, the detail shop near me sells it. And uh, I've. All right. I've so, Derek, ex explain, you know, firsthand. So, Derek's mobile detailer. So, explain explain how Course works. You know, what your, the way you used it, what results you got, how you, how it, what was the working availability of it. And then talk to us about Fine also. Uh, well, the, the first. Well, like when I first tried DA um, course, the only thing I, I one thing I've noticed is that you you have to work the at least and I, I of course I read the damn bottle you know, after you after you, you, know, you pick it up you start using it read the damn bottle and I actually find that with course I had to work it the entire cycle so you had to do the panel um, you know you have your couple section passes and you go and then I had to work it completely down then wipe off and then because the first couple of times i used it i was i was going i don't think i was cycling it enough and i was getting a pretty was a pretty bad finish and i was like oh man why is this stuff not like it's i thought it was supposed to finish down really good like what's going on here and i thought it was me so i changed paths right again but then the last couple of cars i was doing i was on a um the bmw and i was using another heavier cut compound and it was it was giving me horrible finish like as far as i decided to come back in you know polish right afterwards um as soon as i grabbed da course I was, I did, I fully cycled the product and I would buff off and I'm just like, whoa, like maybe a little, little haze came back with fine and I was done. And it was just, it's to me, it, it, the product actually like sped up the process versus having to step it down, step it down, step it down to the point where I was doing like on um, some of the newer Audis, you, I would just use course. I don't have to go for anything out. I was using like the blue, um, blue pad and cars are coming out um, great. Okay. Well, is our whole philosophy it isn't we don't have blue yellow white because we want you to do three steps yeah the idea is is that hopefully if you get it right you can get it in one maybe two, yeah right? and so that's kind of the the part i i even had to wrap my head around it and jason i owe jason for this one because i when i came in i was like there's no way that's not gonna happen <laughs> if you if you start to understand the product a little bit you can what you're saying right you get almost there almost every single time and then on the, yeah on other cars you'll get all the way there in that first hit and it's this is not this is not biased rufus talk I, there's like there's moments where i've used these products and went i wish i had this stuff a while ago like, <laughs> my life would have been so much easier like in my 20s if i'd had these products 
Yeah. If you back but, up uh, 15 years ago, Maguire's 105 and 205 were game changers, if everybody remembers that, because there was such a small market of products, and these things just blew us away, right? And, and Jason is somewhat he'll humbly uh, deny how responsible he is for those products, but he absolutely is. And um, the problem now is there's a lot of good polishes. When I say problem, it's actually a great thing, right? but it's, it's too much of a good thing. If we would have released these products six years ago, they would have been game-changing products. And they're still kind of rising in popularity, but it takes time because there's so many good things on the market. But the, the DA Course and DA Fine are top shelf. And it is a philosophical change at Rupus that, that not only do we want to make the best systems, but we want to make the best individual components of the systems. I, I think one of the most unique things when I was there working with you, Jason, that I heard you say was after you went over a couple of passes, you kind of said, now take a look at it from a customer aspect, right? Majority of the stuff was removed that the average person would see. And your point to everybody was sort of like, hey, I know you see it as a detailer, but thinking of it as a customer aspect, hey, this looks pretty damn good, right? You probably didn't use damn. Uh, I, I'll yeah. interject uh, my language into it. But, you know, it, it looked pretty damn good. And, and then that's where I think I really, at that point, listening to, you know, I really enjoyed what you talked about inside the classroom, right? The technicality. But when it came down to the practicality, using a one step is actually very useful. And so it was, for me, it was kind of a mind blowing aspect from a company that has so many processes to say, hey, you can get it done with a couple of passes doing this and it's this simple. So Jason, what do you think as an industry for detailers as they're trying to grow their business is it the one steps that people should be working on to help their customers just get enough? Or where do you see that, uh, you know, customer getting what they need, what we as detailers try and put on them? How do you answer that question for detailers? Well, the, it's a matter of perspective. So a lot of detailers, uh, it's born out of their passion, you know, for shining up cars and their whole menu offering of, you know, paint correction and, you know, paint protection package, it comes out of that passion and out of their experience. And they want to deliver the best finish. They want to deliver hundred percent defect removal, all that stuff. But if you actually took it from the customer's perspective and worked it backwards and fashioned your menu of services to what the customer's eyes really see to what the customer really wants. And then I love how Dylan does this sort of stuff where you actually look at the the market segment for those those consumers that purchase detail services now, what do they really want? And do they want that 100% paint correction? The answer is no. The majority of the consumers of detail services are not looking for a show car shine that I'm going to go compete at Pebble Beach. They want their paint shined up and they want, you know, they want paint enhancement, not clean and shiny. They don't, yeah, clean, not and shiny clean and shiny. 
And so if you, those of us that look at pain defects and most of us are cursed, we're, we're cursed for life, life yeah, because because our eyes, we have the detailer's eyes and our eyes can see a lot of things that the average consumer of detail services, their eyes are not trained the way we've trained our eyes to look at stuff. So the question becomes, Marty, you know, why would you deliver at a level that your customer can't even see? They don't pay for what they can't see. Yeah. Listen, we that's what that's been a, a mantra of ours since we started in 2017 recording podcasts. So listen, I like I said, when I heard you say it, I was just like, like, yes, like thank you. You know, and I'm glad you're saying it now. Like, please continue, like, because it's not a thing that predominantly we hear in the industry. Well, because everybody that's not doing it for the gram, though, right? I mean, that's, I mean, everybody wants, every detailer wants to show off how big their polisher is. Oh, <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's, look at this 50-50, perfect and flawed. If, if dudes started posting 50-50s that were jacked up next to less jacked up, they would get roasted. Yeah, here's my Hyundai, Hyundai Sonata, my, my gray Hyundai Sonata 50-50 shot. Woo! Oh, if, if wow. you don't, I mean, don't don't post 50-50s of 80% improvement because you're just going to get roasted by other detailers. And if you don't have thick skin, that's not going to go well for you. You're, you're making me want to do it. Yeah. But I want to start the trend. Go go and just deliver what the customers are paying for. I mean, go do 80%, 70% correction and, and make money. That's ultimately what you should be doing. Who cares what other detailers think? I don't. I mean, it's it's... What did the customer pay you to do? And don't do anything beyond it. If they paid you to get 70%, give them 70%. Give them 75. Be, be cool that way. Give them that extra 5%. But don't give them 100. They don't know the difference. And to Jason's point, they're not all driving Pebble Beach winners. So they're not, they're going to go take it and run it through a tunnel wash in three weeks, anyways. So why? What to what end? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Not there isn't that customer who's going to pay you for 100%. There are still those those very very crazy weirdos out there that want 100 percent and they want their coding and they're going to nitpick your work do 100 percent work for those guys but for everybody else and for those customers you don't have yet have a 70 percent package for the soccer mom there's a heck of a lot more of those than there are ferraris i mean detail way more minivans than ferraris i promise you absolutely absolutely so sarah right that that perfectly transitions over to you You've seen all those come through a detail shop inside a car wash company. Uh, you've been a mobile detailer. You've worked inside of shops. You know, now you're with Rupes. Like, how does all that come together? You know, where do you see the industry, right? Is it is it in that boutique, super high end, or is the main majority of the volume of the industry, the main money of the industry in those soccer moms, in the daily drivers, in just servicing customers? Yeah, 100%. Um, I can say from from all the different experiences that I've been through over this uh, this journey of my new career, um, I would definitely, I mean, not to say that the guys that are, guys and gals out there that are, you know, doing, working on one Ferrari for, you know, two, three days, whatever it is to get it as perfect as they can, not to say that they're not making money, um, but from my experience seeing you know, haven't, like you were just saying, the, the one steps, the soccer moms, the Corollas, the Camrys, um, you know, the, the Ultimas, the there's Ford 150s. Of, but hold on, there's, there's plenty of also Lexuses, there's plenty of Mercedes daily drivers. For sure. There's, yeah. There, there are, but in my experience, the 
the BMW drivers and Mercedes, they're not too far off from the the soccer moms. Um, you know, yeah, from the people point. that are driving yeah, yeah. the van. Exactly. They're, they're not. Yeah. And when I had my mobile detailing business in Tampa, I can tell you right now, all my money came from my weekly, bi-weekly, monthly appointments. I mean, if I got a Rolls Royce, dope, I'll of course go knock it out. But was that what I was trying to base my business around? Absolutely not. Um, It's, it's for me, it was just too much of a market. Um, And I was doing this to, I mean, part of it was to make money. You know, I have bills to pay. I gotta, I gotta eat. So that's, you know, that was the way I, I preferred to do things for sure was the maintenance. And yeah, I mean, and I've, I've, if you follow me on Instagram um, and even on Facebook, I I'm one to post flaws. Um, I'm, I mean, it, it took a while to get to that point because like Dylan was saying, you, you know, you can definitely get ripped up for, for, um, making some, you know, making comments or for posting the 50, 50 shot of, you know, a, a Hyundai. Um, and I'm, I've noticed my views have gone down when I post the Hyundai versus the Bentley that I posted three weeks ago, you know? Um, but at the end of the day, that's, I'm not here for the clout, you know, I'm, I'm, on social media, trying to encourage people, um, you know, both in their professional career, do things the right way and to make money and, you know, trying to teach people how to, you know, make quicker and more efficient money, if you will. Um, and, and to just be good people and, you know, to, to do right. And everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes every day. Um, I'm, I will go to Jason in the classroom. I'm like, Oh my God, dude, please don't tell anyone. I just did this yesterday. I put water on a, uh, on a, on a film on a film disc. I wasn't supposed to do that. And I did it and I took pictures of it. And I was so glad that I, I did it with that type of sanding paper because I wouldn't have known, you know, what would happen had I not done that. And we fixed it and you move on. But I told him at first, I was like, don't tell anyone I did that. I was embarrassed at first. And then whatever, I made a mistake and you carry on. Yeah. I love that. There's no doubt as you're trying to grow and do different things, uh, you always are going to make mistakes. If you're never trying something new, if you're never trying to push the envelope, never trying as your own person inside your own shop or as a mobile detailer, never trying to push the envelope to go more, well, then play it safe. No problems. But if you want to push the envelope, if you want to go more, you will always make mistakes, right? You will always always do some ups. There's no doubt. All right, uh, let's go, uh, Derek. I think you said no, no, uh, no tab out question. No tab out question. All right. Well, let's go. Closing thoughts, then, Dylan. Uh, throw us your closing closing thoughts. Yeah, over. It's just an open discussion. Say us whatever you know, whatever to use as you want. I'm gonna. I'm actually stack on what Sarah said, and I think there's there's something that everybody could learn from from this conversation, and 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 they need to separate these two things. Doing that kind of work, that express level, that less than perfect, that soccer mom van does not mean that the quality of service goes down. And I think that's where a lot, that's where a lot of people, right. when I said people get roasted. They think because you're doing that Nissan Ultima that's silver and they only paid you for a one step and it's 50% correction, there's still scratches, there's still defects. They think that that somehow means lower quality work. It doesn't. It means you do the best you can do within the confines of what the customer's expectations are. So if it is that one step, you are the most courteous detailer, you do the best wash, you clean better than anybody, and you give them that one step correction. You give them their one pass, but you give it a really solid one pass. 
I think that's that unfortunately in our industry, that's the part that looks down on is there what people look down on is that doing less than perfect is somehow less quality. And it isn't. It's just doing the quality that the customer is paying for to the best of they're paying you for your time. They're not paying for the result, right? So you give them as much as you can give them in the time they have paid you for. And as soon as we can reframe that, as soon as detailers can reframe that, we're in a better spot as an industry. Because right now it does, it pains me a little bit because I've this is a part I'm passionate about. Jason will, I soapbox on the express detailing thing in every class. We teach all these techniques to get perfect. And then I tell people, stop doing perfect. It's crazy to do perfect. Don't do perfect all the time. This is, I, I feel there is so much money left on the table for so many detail shops that ignore this segment because they think it's just beneath them. They think it's low quality. They think it's low brow. That's what the, oh, that's what the $50 guy does. I don't do that. I'm, I'm a correction and coding specialist. Don't be that guy. Be You can do that stuff and do the 70, 80% corrections too. You can do them both and you can be a rock star at both of those services. Be more about the service, less about the image thing. I'm going to leave it there. I agree with that 100%. I like how you phrase that. Love it. Jason, I'd love to know your thoughts because you, know, you and I have talked, you've even said uh, previously, you know, this is a mantra that I've said, right? And you, You've acknowledged that. It's been great to hear you say that. But, you know, what? what's your thoughts if you've gone through, right? I mean, the longest experience here than anybody else. Did you just call me old? I did not. Yeah, I did. I did not. <laughs> I said you're the most experienced. So um, raise your hand if you're on this call and you're a mobile detailer right now. You're a mobile guy. Yep, right here. Yeah, we got a few. So... I did what you're doing right, now. I, got mobile still. I did mobile detailing in the 1980s and 1990s. Um, but I'll, I'll close with the comment that in my experience, I had a 12 year business mobile detailing in Southern California. And oh my gosh, if I had back then the technology and the network and the community. Hey, community. Hey. If I had the community and the oh, I said it again. If I had the, if I had, if I had everything that you guys have now, I would have been more efficient. I would have made more money. I certainly would have had more fun. Um, those of you that started your detail business in the last five to ten years, I'll just close with this comment: You have no idea how good you have it right now. In our day, we detailed both ways uphill in the snow. In the snow. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Todd, thank you so much for hopping on. I really appreciate it. Um, what are your closing thoughts? Uh, I, I just want to say thanks for having me. And uh, you didn't ask what I was drinking, but it is Diet Dr. Pepper. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's uh, I wanted to give a plug to my favorite soft drink. No, I don't have any closing thoughts. But You're I, just I like the little guy that hops out in the commercials and goes, <laughs> oh, I kind of hop out of Dylan's beard. Yeah, um, there you go. <laughs> but no, man, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, closing thoughts. Uh, oh, I have to? Okay. You don't. Um, you, don't. you could pass. You could punt. Well, I, I, I would say, oh, geez, I'm on the spot. I would say that, uh, oh, man, I'll be really generic. Um, I just feel very lucky and honored to work with such a great group of people. And, 
that's that's it man. I, I don't have anything else i'm sorry i'm lame <laughs> all good that's wonderful that's wonderful uh, colin thanks so much for hopping on daniel adam cody sarah it's always great to see you of course alex thanks so much Ariel. uh really hope the face you know gets to be better uh brandon thank you always great to see you derek jason nick travis uh brandon thanks for hopping on while you're on vacation um, my closing thoughts are, I really didn't expect this to go that way and I couldn't be more happy. Um, listen, I mean, coming from mobile to a car wash operator to still servicing the same mobile customers today, um, and running what we do as a company, I've always felt meeting the customer where they're at and servicing their needs is the best way to grow a business. So for me, when I decided to go from mobile to a car wash, while a lot of mobile detailers and a lot of detailers in general consider that an oxymoron that you could clean cars with an automated system, well, I just found that that just seemed to be, if I just serviced my customers and met them with the best possible service, then that would just help me as my business because I'm in a service-based business. You always got to meet people where they're at. I can't put them in a box financially. I can't put them in a box on the way they use their vehicle, right? There's plenty of companies that tell people you can't even go through a car wash. So I've never felt the need to define the way a customer uses their vehicle. It's their vehicle. I'm here just to help it look good. Keep looking good and make sure that when they drive around, people go, ah, where'd you get your car done? Because that to me has always been the best way to grow a business. So uh, I love it that we went that way. I couldn't agree more. And uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to come onto the pub. And uh, here's to here's to community. So thank you all. Appreciate the time. I love it. I've made two in a row. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. We'll see you all next week. Thank you, Marty. Good seeing you. Bye, guys. See you, guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Okay. Episode is over. If you got any value from it, leave us a review, share the episode, and find us on TikTok. It would mean the world to me. Thank mm-hmm. you.